0: Hey guys, it's Dave Chang here, host of The Dave Chang Show. You might hear me on with Chris Yang, Noel Cornelio, and a host of other guests. We've been on air for quite some time now, and it's changed over the years. But one of the things we always try to talk about is what's delicious, how to be a better eater. And you might hear me rambling incoherently, contradicting myself every five minutes. We talk about some sports and culture and all kinds of other things too. I think we're the the most expert opinions you'll ever hear about anything. Check us out if you haven't before on... The Ringer Podcast
1: Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
0: To the ringer fantasy football show my name is danny heifetz and i am joined by danny kelly and craig World back and we are back yeah we're back from summer break a little housekeeping right off the top we are coming back to you every tuesday and thursday here on this feed the ringer fantasy football show as we get closer to training camp which is the end of july we'll change that up we're probably going to come to you more than twice a week but for now every tuesday and thursday our fantasy rankings are live at fantasyfootball.theringer.com Indeed so if you're are. like what are our rankings There you go. Not only are they live,
3: they are correct. They're right. (laughs) They're correct. They are correct. Down to the man. Yes.
0: We're back from summer break, so we figured, what do you do when you come back from summer break? You do show and tell. Like, tell us about your summer, you know? But first, (laughs) we have actual news to discuss. Rob Gronkowski has retired. Mm. And I think this one's for real. The other one Uh. was like, "Eh," he is retired. He Instagrammed. First of all, before we get to Gronk, the Instagram itself was kind of funny. First of all, I, I mean, it's the it's a funny Photoshop, and then he just writes this endearing story of, like, you know, when I was in college, I, like, wrote this essay of what I want to do, and I was like, I want to be tight end, and then he's like, I had to add a team, so I, like, added the bucks, and then I was a buck. So, like, thanks for the opportunity. And then ends it with,
3: arg, Yeah, like, like he's going to go be a pirate. Uh, did you notice he didn't mention the Patriots in this? Just like Tom Brady. Interesting. I don't think Gronk's done. I don't either. I think this So do is you think bullshit. that
0: Tom Brady plays his last season as a buck, Gronk recuperates again, and then when Brady goes to another team next year, Gronk just follows him again. This
4: is just a really easy way for Gronk to chill until week ten.
3: Yeah, exactly. Why do the hard part? Why do any is, of it? Yeah. Training camp, preseason, <laughs> the f- first ten weeks. Just it's like jumping into the like last mile of the marathon kind of deal and just like sprinting it out. That's what Gronk's gonna do. I believe that Gronk and Brady will retire together at the same time. I think
0: they're just
4: gonna play until they both quit.
0: I have to say, few people have a better gig in all of like the history of human sports than Rob Gronkowski's policy of I'll just never not play for anybody that isn't Tom Brady. Like Tom <laughs> Brady will be my only quarterback.
4: And now it's gone further, and it's like, I actually I, I will only play with Tom Brady. Not only that, I probably will only play in like the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Bill used to joke about Gronk would be kept in the garage till the playoffs. And now it's like Gronk is actually like, actually, no, I'm not coming out (laughs) until the playoffs. But if he is done, though, I was looking at stats and I kind of always get a simple question. Like, do you think Gronk is the best tight end of all time?
3: I mean, that's tough. It's like Tony Gonzalez, extremely, extremely prolific, you know, not career wise, career wise. Tony Gonzalez played like twice as many
0: football games as Gronk did. The peak Gronk, the best version of Gronk versus the best version of every other tight end.
3: I think he was, because there's like no one that's been as unstoppable as him, really. In a single game, he's more dominant than any tight end ever, I think. I just actually looked this up because I was curious. Since 2010, when he was drafted, Gronk has scored the most touchdowns of any player. I, that's <laughs> insane. That, there you go. I looked it up,
0: too, because I, I was kind of playing with some stats, and I found this. So if you look through a player's first 80 games, because 80 is just five seasons, But back when we had 16-game season, it just seemed nice and clean to do 80 games. So if you just look at the players who had 60 receiving touchdowns in their first 80 games, it's just Jerry Rice, Rob Gronkowski, and Randy Moss. Jesus. (laughs) So, I mean, it's not even just like tight ends. It's not Tony Gonzalez. It's like he's literally on the list with Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, except he was also the best blocking tight end during this period.
3: He's essentially like an elite left tackle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like an unequivocal case. It's like he's literally catching more touchdowns than Randy Moss and he's the best blocking tight end. Like who who can compete
3: with that? If you're one of Rob, Rob Gronkowski's brothers, how does that make you feel? Because I know they're like in the NFL and everything. Several of his brothers have played in the NFL, but like none have come remotely close to being as good as him. Like that must be kind of hard to be brothers like that.
0: Yeah, but you also—I don't know—you did make it to the NFL. I got to check with my Fredonia, <laughs> Fredonia New
3: yeah. York anonymous source who
0: I told you that once attended a party at the Gronkowski's house, and then the next morning, Gronk Rob woke up on his own front lawn, butt naked. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what he's gonna be doing till week ten.
0: So yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah. All right. So shout out Gronk. Right, so how confident are you guys that he plays football again?
3: Uh, Give Seventy percent. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he does. He, Adam Schefter it tweeted it today, like uh, Gronk's agent, uh, who I'm forgetting Rosenhaus, the most famous. Yeah, Rosenhaus, the most famous agent in the world. Uh, he, he even texted Schefter and was like, "I don't know. I kind of feel like Gronk's going
0: <laughs> to." Oh yeah, by. wait, wait. We got to do the. We got to do the Schefter drinking game. All right, Schefter yep. drinking game. In reaction. Oh. Okay, this is like a three drinker. In reaction to Rob Gronkowski's news, comma his agent Drew Rosenhaus texts: colon It would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back, and Rob answers the call. This is just my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. End quote. <laughs> it's
3: his own agent. Yeah,
0: that's okay. He's coming wow, back. That's, okay, he's coming back. Uh, that's a two drinker for sure. Well, what? Wait, what's the rule if he mentions Rosenhaus but doesn't at Rosenhaus? Is that still? But didn't interest? he quote him?
3: He quoted he did him, quote him like with actual team. quotation right. marks.
0: That's uh, it's a two-drinker for Shafter? Yeah. Easy. Okay. Easily. Cool. All right, other stuff. So it's the summer. We took a month and a half off. I don't know. It, it was smooth brain season. We had to, like, get the ridges back on our brains. <laughs> it's going to be a slow process. And, w- you know, we just, seriously, what do you do when you come back from summer break? It's like, you know, little show and tell from your summer.
4: Yeah, and we're doing fantasy show and tell, right? We're going to do, like, a, as we've been sitting on the beach, feet up, wherever we've been, weddings, uh, all the little fantasy news that we heard.
0: We're going to present that for the class today.
3: <laughs> to the class,
0: I don't really get where this metaphor is going, but yeah, DK, you want to just lead us in show and tell? Yeah, I don't
3: really know exactly how this is working either, um, but I'm just going to pretend I'm talking to the class. Here we he goes. Back from camp, DK. What do you got? Hello, for Hello, everyone. I missed you all. Uh, during my summer break, I just want to tell you, I decided to focus on my health, getting into shape, eating better. I did a lot of walking. You know, cleaned up my diet, uh, and then I read an article. About well, I read a couple articles about some so-called professional athletes who came into training camp or mini camp. You know these non-mandatory mini camps. A little bit overweight. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I'm gonna be honest. Probably should have like thought ahead about getting a little bit bigger jersey when he showed up for uh, the the mini camp for the Buccaneers. Um, looked real tight. That jersey looked tight. Like they, it was stretching the tensile strength of the jersey on uh, on both sides. And so. Um, you think Lenny, he looks fat. Lenny's a just little say bit it. fat. He, he just looks a little bit overweight. He he came in at over 247 pounds, or 240 pounds. I don't know Ooh. exactly where.
0: Is this body shaming? Are we body shaming? Also, <clears throat> is that okay? Can we body shame? Like, no, these people's
3: jobs are to be in shape. It is their job. <laughs> uh, the, Lennon's not the only one that people are getting kind of upset about for being overweight. Najee Harris, Craig's favorite player. Thick. According to a beat reporter for the Steelers, uh, Harris came in at 244 pounds after weighing, after being listed at 232 last year. So people were starting to freak uh, out a little bit.
0: The quick thing, I have two thoughts on this. One, the listed weights are so wrong. (laughs) They sometimes are the same thing these guys weighed from the combine. Yeah. Like years ago. And they just net like the guys when they weigh in, they don't update their weights on the website. So we're like, list- every time you see listed at, that, like that's not correct. We never know what a player's weight is.
4: Yeah. Also, like w- with these, with Lenny and 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 Naji's getting thick in the off season. There's two types of off season thick, right? It's like cheeseburgers and beer thick, and it's like I've been bulking up to then cut. Like it's a purposeful <laughs> bulking bulk, season. You know yeah. what I mean? And Lenny. I don't know if he looks like he's been kind of bulking season. It seems like he's been hitting the cheeseburgers and beer. Mm -hmm. Najee, I'm hoping that this was just... He said he was at this weight last year, and he cut it down in training camp. So perhaps this is just part of his process. You add muscle, you cut fat.
3: Here's my deal. Yeah. I am 100% (laughs) buying both of these guys because they're they're kind of... They might fall a little bit, honestly, in ADP going into the season because they came into... uh, No,
4: because the the, the drafts is not for two months from now. Well, if you're
3: drafting like... Early or doing best ball or whatever. Like I'm taking advantage of this because I think it's good that these guys came in a little bit fat. Number one. <laughs> Najee <Nashi laughs> Harris, the, the Najee Harris storyline is absolute like baloney. If you have did you see him? He doesn't even look remotely fat.
0: Well, here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. I I sometimes I think that these conversations are the dumbest things ever. I actually think they are sports distilled. To the purest form, because <laughs> sp- what sports are about—whether it's football or it's the Olympics—and it's a sport you've never seen—it's about sitting down in your couch with Cheeto dust on your fucking chest
4: and being like, "That guy's fat." Yeah, if you're like, <laughs> "Look at
0: these elite athletes. Um, oh, mm, shouldn't have done that. shouldn't Should have broke that tackle." And this, is, there's not even not even motion picture. It's just a photo. Like, mm, that running back is fat. It's just that's that's the sporting experience.
3: The funny thing is, look, Lenny, like the pictures are not. Very uh, flattering for, for Leonard Fournette, but Najee Harris. You ever le- seen legitimate. photos of like,
0: like I, don't, I don't, I don't, it's,
3: it's, however, just I'm just saying Najee Harris looks exactly the same. You know, like the, the meme, it's like, it's the same photo. Like Najee Harris looks exactly the same as he did last year. And he even said this, he's like, I wasn't actually playing at 232. Like that was just like whatever the intern at the Steelers decided to put that down as my weight. He's like, yeah, I played at 240. He goes, I, I was at 242 last year. I'm now 244. That's like I drank a little bit of water or whatever, you know, in the morning, and I weighed two extra pounds. Um, so, he to me, this is an absolute non-story when it comes to Najee Harris. I just think it's funny. Um, and he, he even said, he's like, y'all are making it sound like I'm fat as hell. He's like, dude, he looks exactly the same. Um, and, by the way, and he pointed this out to the reporters, it was like, both, uh, especially for running backs, I think, but like for any position in the NFL, really, other than maybe like quarterback, guys come in heavy at the beginning of the year. And by the end of the season, you're down, like depending on how, like depending on the position, you're down weight because you're not lifting as crazy hard during the season. Um, You know, obviously you're going a lot harder. You're practicing every single day, blah, blah, blah. Like the weight comes off. The weight sheds during the season. And that's exactly what's going to happen with Lenny. I'm not worried about it whatsoever. In fact, he's done this. I think multiple off seasons, he's come in at like 240 plus and it ended up in like the 220 range. And that's exactly what he said he's going to do. I'm not worried about it. I just think it's honestly funny to talk about. It. And if it drives their ADP down, like that's a good advantage to take it, like to go grab that guy.
0: We have Najee Harris's eight on the fantasy football rankings on the ringer. I think by the time we update him next, I swear to God, I'm going to have him in my top three. I have him at two. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to join. The God. Najee
3: Harris one in particular is just like ridiculous so neither of these guys are in the eddie lacy zone for you dk no and by the way it doesn't even matter because i wrote this down eddie lacy there's famous training camp or i don't know if it was like mini camps or otas or whatever um from his rookie season where he looked pretty you know rotund he was he was also kind of stretching out the jersey a little bit like maybe we should just blame the the equipment guys for this because just get these guys bigger jerseys and we won't have this conversation every offseason um but eddie lacy after everybody made fun of him for being fat Rushed for 1,100-plus 1, yards and scored 11 touchdowns as a rookie. He, he rushed for 1,100-plus 1, yards in his first two seasons, 20 total touchdowns, scored 20 total touchdowns. Zeke Elliott, you remember when he was fat? 1,300-plus yards and 14 touchdowns in 2019. I was like, oh, Zeke he look pretty Is fat husky. or is
0: this celebration just eating?
3: <laughs> well, People that can That can't help everything, but, you know, it's the branding. Uh, I, this is a non-issue. I'm not worried whatsoever.
0: Okay. I am less interested in the guys who like run for a living to lose weight. Seems super easy, not gonna lie. I'm interested in the best shape of my
3: life, guys. Yes. <laughs> These, <laughs> this is where you should start to be like skeptical, I think.
4: This is what I'm bringing to show and tell. In the last month, I've been just gobbling up Best Shape of My Life news. It's officially Best (laughs) Shape of My Life season. It's my favorite media storyline during kind of this weird time of OTAs, the June, July season. I love Best Shape of My Life, guys. Um, First one that I'm presenting to you today thick Zach Wilson, quarterback on the (laughs) Jets. He's not thick, he's ripped ripped (laughs) bulky i mean the mega zach efron robert sala called him thick and beefy so beefy when he said that did it have two c's and thick it always does yeah uh so anyway zach wilson was 208 last year and he showed up 13 pounds heavier making
0: him 221 pounds he's six well he was skin and
4: bones I don't. I don't.
3: I honestly don't think he was personally. I thought DK
0: said, "Kids Bop, uh, Kids Cars for Kids." Jim McMahon. That was kids Derek Lawson.
3: Uh, that wasn't me. I I was merely quoting in a hilarious quote. But um, he to me like he looked like he was going to like a high school prom. So I will side with Heifetz <laughs> on this. And he looked skinny to me.
0: Zach Wilson will get carded at bars in New York for <laughs> three more years. Yeah well that's just because he has a kid's face
4: i'm selling this i don't like it when quarterbacks get ripped i don't like it when they bulk up uh -hmm. zach wilson was not good in year one and he comes back huge and i I, that doesn't that's not what i'm looking for i know he got banged up and he wants to like bulk up a bit to, to you know take some hits this season but there's a reason why tom brady only does plyometrics and flexibility workouts none of the best guys are yoked name a really good quarterback
0: who is, who got jacked and then was really good. It's so true. It's like, I feel like he worked on the show muscles. Yes. Which are not like, curls. like you throw with your legs. Like it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like cool to like have strong arms, but you're, you're throwing with your legs.
4: You know, when you lift weights, like you do bench press and then you go outside and you try to like shoot a basketball and it's like really hard Dead
0: arm. It's weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> the, ball, the ball feels like it's. like super heavy or super light. i've always been
0: fascinated by this with like nba players and like what their weightlifting regimen is during the season when you have to shoot and i kind of wonder the same with quarterbacks maintaining that
3: i think it's why a lot of guys like andre gudala can't shoot because i think he's too ripped Genuinely, (laughs) the range of motion that was like part of the zach wilson's like the reason his arm is so good is it was like whip like you know and he could just like fling it and yeah. if you get like big biceps, isn't it going to fuck up the like biometrics? And stuff? Wait, we,
0: we, we have backed ass first into a much more important conversation, which is is arm strength as a category literally wrong? Because we're saying that Zach Wilson's arm got stronger, but that he will throw shorter.
4: Because it right. has nothing to do with like your biceps. It's like it's like swinging yeah, a exactly. golf club. Like you can be tiny and still drive it farther than somebody who's ripped. Like it's all about. Yeah, it's like, like your core and your motion and flexibility. It's
0: transferring energy from your leg. I don't know why we're explaining. It's a throw. People know. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's like, don't lift with your back. It's like, so anyway, I agree though. Part of me wonders at the end of the day, these kids can say whatever they want. They're in their young twenties and they're extraordinarily famous and they live in New York. And I kind of just wonder if he wants to be in the body issue. And I kind of just won't hear it any other way.
4: Apparently he's already looked shaky at OTAs and man, I'm I'm just I'm not in. I mean yes. OTAs are the easiest time to play quarterback. Like everyone's supposed to look good at eight. This isn't
0: this isn't the same thing because Tua isn't like the best shape of my life guy, but I'm so intrigued this year. Like the Zach Wilson Tua combo of these two teams, they're both in the AFC East, the Jets and the Dolphins, where the Patriots had the shadow over the AFC's for twenty years. The Bills now look incredible. And both the Jets and the the Dolphins have just had these like existential crises of like, oh my God, do we have the right quarterback? And just absolutely threw money and picks to, to, to put everybody around these guys to be like, if you're good, you better freaking show us right now. And like, I'm kind of just fascinated to see how they deal with it.
3: Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's one of the biggest stories of the, of the season, honestly, because there's so many teams, especially with, with multiple first round picks next year. Um, you could add like Jalen Hurts into this equation. There's a there's a handful of quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, whose teams are like it's figurative bulking season. They're just like adding so much around these guys. And if they don't pay off, then they just can move on. Which I like. Okay.
0: So Zach Wilson ripped. That's bad. We've decided. I'm selling. What al- <laughs> All right. The other quarter, speaking of AFC's quarterbacks, Mac Jones has lost weight. Is this yes. correct, Craig?
4: Yes. Mac Jones is trimmed down, and I am buying this. Uh, he's trimmed down his body fat a bit. Kendrick Bourne said, oh, he's in the best shape of his life. And mm. it's like, I mean, he's, he's 23. I kind of believe I,
2: I, I gotta tell you, I
4: gotta, <laughs> it's the least impressive thing. He's 23 and he looks like, yeah. a, he was built like a mechanic at
0: Alabama. <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> so it's not exactly a significant statement to say he's in the best shape of his life, but still 90% good. of his body was his torso.
0: <laughs> and you're replacing Tom Brady. And so if you don't rise to the challenge, like I'm 23, I should probably follow the footsteps of the most like, health-conscious athlete that there ever was. Like, I, what, what would he... If, if Mac Jones was not in the best shape of his life, he should be fired or benched.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, but Kendrick Bourne, who, I, who uh, maybe is Mac's best friend, was like, his stomach is gone and he looks really good. He's definitely a pro's pro now. The reason why I like this is that he did the, ex- he did the opposite of the Zach Wilson. He didn't, like, broaden his shoulders and get huge biceps and triceps. Like, he's just a little trimmer now. He worked on like diet, sleep, wellness, whatever it is. He'll probably be a little more mobile, a little more lighter on his feet, less belly. That's all I want. I think I'm actually just fully leaning towards quarterbacks who just look like average people.
0: Those are all the best ones. I think you're honest. It's a great take because the more I think about it, it's true. Like the showing muscles just don't help you throw. Look at football. Eli Manning, man. God, <laughs> uh, there was that pic the other day. Tom Eli- Brady. Tom Brady's, bought, Tom Brady's posted shirtless pics. Like, it's not his, his beautiful face. But, like, he doesn't have a – you wouldn't look at him and be like, that's the greatest That's the greatest player at the most important
3: position in American sports. And you can say that about all of them. Like, Patrick Mahomes isn't, like, no in the best shape. I, I don't – actually, I don't know if I've seen a picture with him without a shirt on. But, like, he doesn't strike me as, like, super ripped, does he? He has decent arms. I'm looking at Tom Brady shirtless and
0: it's honestly <laughs> kind of looks like Mac Jones right Did, now, did you see
4: lying. that photo recently of Eli Manning and Tim Tebow hanging out? And it's like, there's a reason. Tebow's yoked. Yeah. yeah. Tim Tebow looks like a Greek god and Eli Manning looks like a plumber. And Eli Manning is one of the, you know, I don't know, he's maybe a Hall of Famer, but my point persists that like, I I actually don't think being super, super ripped is what helps you play quarterback. Joe Burrow, pretty skinny.
3: Yes. Herbert is big, but not, like, mus- like super mus- musc- muscly, right? No, he like just he's has that naturally slender. big frame. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, I mean, this is not, like, not, this isn't, like, novel. We're not, like, breaking new ground here, but I 100% buy it. Drew Brees looks like a guy.
0: How do we feel about best shape of my life at, like, other positions? Like, when running back's like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm
4: okay with that. I like that. I want that.
3: I don't actually, I don't really care about running backs. Um I think receivers and things like that, it like can be advantageous to like come in and be like really fast, explosive, bigger, faster, whatever, stronger. Uh, I think that can matter. I don't really buy it with running backs though, because like running backs is just just don't get hurt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like if you can stay healthy, that's the only thing that matters.
4: Yeah, but right, usually like putting on muscle when you're a running back, you could argue would help you not get hurt, right? Like I remember We all got excited about Marquise Brown putting on all the weight that, you know, that didn't pan out. Receivers, I I don't know, because so much of being a receiver is just like natural ability in terms of like how good you are at route running and like your hands
3: and like getting huge shoulders doesn't really help that. Yeah, but if you hear about running backs that put on 10 pounds of weight, like usually that ends up being a bad thing. Yeah,
4: I guess I just need to see if they
0: still can keep the speed up.
3: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Craig, you have any other best shape of your life, guys, for
0: show and tell?
4: The last one is, I, I guess. So Dak Prescott, he said that he he lost weight, or he's retransferred weight, and mm. he's excuse the, me,
0: I, I am gonna start using that. I've retransferred a lot of weight during the last
3: nine <laughs> weddings I went
0: to. <laughs> he's
4: the same weight, but he said he's lost his baby fat. So is he fully matured, Dak Prescott? Now, what is he 27? I think death,
3: Dak is Dak would have been the the example or the person that we use as sort of like the antithesis of what we were just discussing. Yeah. Discussing because typically he's pretty like built, you know, he's a pretty like thick guy. Um, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger pretty thick too, but he's not muscular whatsoever. Dak is like muscular. He is. Um, and I think this is good. Like he, if he's slimming down a bit, they're gonna. They are t- already talking about using him on more run game stuff, and and getting him back at like moving around outside the pocket, all that stuff. Uh, this is all good. I think this is great. Yeah, I'm buying it as well. And I, the one reason
4: why I'm really buying it is because th- this is what I'm gonna call the Clay Thompson 2023 corollary, where. <laughs> I like when a guy is getting ready for the year after the year after he's Mm. been injured badly. And that is what everyone's always like, oh, Dak Prescott, you know, horrible ankle injury. He's back. He he looks healthy in camp. Like, what can he do? I don't want to touch him that year. I want the Mm. next year. And that's where we are right now. Most of these injuries, in my mind, are two-year injuries, even if they're playing one year after the injury. So I'm buying that he's in
0: great shape coming into year two off that ankle injury. I love it. I feel like I said this to you yesterday about Saquon. Yeah. And you've magically stolen my idea. That's a perfect but example. Yes.
3: Both Dak and Saquon have talked about how much more confident they are on their like legs and, and lower legs and, and body and just like cutting and exploding and burst and changing direction. Like all that shit that really matters. Like if you're in the NFL, the margins are insanely small. The you know, and, and if you're not really trusting your body to do that stuff, like that's huge. That's a huge deal.
0: It's so true. Like there is, there is that by low window. Like, like I think going into this season, I feel like the perfect example of that right now, it's like Chris Godwin and Odell Beckham where it's like, I I have, I probably won't even rank Odell Beckham at this point. Like Odell (laughs) is probably going to do a gronk and just sign with the team around like Halloween. And it's like, what are you going to do? Hold on to Odell for eight weeks and not cut him. That's ridiculous. Like don't even draft him. But like next year, when after Odell's terrible this year, next year, Odell will be a bargain. If Chris Godwin isn't good this year, everyone's going, oh, and it's like, well, next year now that he's had a year and a half to recover from the ACL and he's probably going to be great. That's how I feel right now. I think Craig's so right. Dak and Saquon are the two guys that just stand shining out as just huge values.
4: Yeah. And the reason I gave it to clay is like, I think Clay's going to be better next year. And it, you know, what's crazy is like he, he played the most minutes out of any warrior in the playoffs this year.
0: Did he? What?
4: Yes. Oh yeah. No, Craig, congrats. More by than the way. Steph.
0: More than oh, Steph. Yeah, wait, we haven't talked about this. Literally the last episode we did, Literally, the last episode we did was the Warriors made the finals, and so you, do you want to gloat? How do you feel the Warriors won the NBA finals?
4: I watched game five and six from the state of Massachusetts, and I got to say, it's never been better. Never felt better to be in Massachusetts. Have you
0: talked to Bill <laughs> since, you won, since they won?
4: Briefly. Only, like, you know, work-related
0: things. Do you think Bill is dodging you?
4: <laughs> I don't. I think he's just fine. Uh, but... You know he he bears his soul in the pod, so he doesn't it, talking to me is nothing. He has to tell
0: a million people how he feels. <laughs> well, speaking of Bill in the pod, do you think the Warriors are a dynasty?
4: Uh, yeah, I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Six finals in eight years is pretty good. Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Congrats. That was it's bizarre. The Warriors. I it's weird for them to be an underdog. That was really weird. Okay. Uh, other show and, yeah great. you should have show and tell like Warriors won the championship know, didn't you give the best man speech for your brother and during the game
4: during game four I did and I started the speech by giving a score update because my brother's now wife gave us all one rule for the wedding no Warriors talk and I thought it'd be really <laughs> funny to start because half the wedding were Warriors fans. So I started the speech with the score and they and they were down four at the time. Uh, and it actually worked out great because like during all the dancing, people had their phones up and we watched the fourth quarter when Steph was going crazy because <laughs> that was the Steph game, game four. Oh, wow. Um, and my brother was basically not allowed to look and we got, there's like these awesome photos of us running up to him being like, it's over, they won. <laughs> and he's like, it is. And
3: it, it, was, it was great. hey. hey. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.
1: Okay.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
4: Anyway, Haifitz, what
0: are you bringing to show and tell? Uh, mine is mine's so weird that I want to go last.
3: <laughs> All right. I'll get back up here. Uh, guys, during my summer break, had a little downtime, took that opportunity to binge watch some Mad Men. Oh, illuminating education about the history of big money marketing in America, especially in the ways in which corporate America manipulates the masses without any hint of scruples. Speaking of that, Russell Wilson is he talking about? definitely <laughs> paid a Madison Avenue marketing firm like seven, eight figures maybe to come up with this new Denver broncos theme catchphrase. Let's ride. Broncos country, <sighs> let's ride. This is the worst. This I, I can't... <laughs> I have two I'm questions. Sorry. One, I can't I believe this. you just
0: used I can't believe you just use scruples unironically in a sentence. Yeah. Two. So you're saying let's ride. Did he never say let's ride before? Like this is like a horse no. reference. H- like his, let's ride. His whole
3: thing was go hawks,
0: go hawks. So now it's like let's ride like Broncos.
3: Yeah, he he switched up his catchphrase that that'll like use to end every interview or whatever. Um, let's ride. But, so I was gonna ask you guys to come up with some things on the fly. What do you think are some of the phrases that got left on the cutting room floor? You know, up in that Mad, Madison <laughs> Avenue, advertising firm, Don Draper up there, kind of like going through the, the like the big cards, you know, in the oh. meeting. My my first one was mount up. I was gonna say saddle up, saddle up, mount Ooh, that's up. That's a good one. <laughs> mount up is better than saddle. <laughs> Craig, you got to give me at least one here. Uh, horse horse themed catchphrase oh it has to be ho- uh, I was just gonna well go, it doesn't have to be but. shout
0: out Halo 2 for Mount Up we're headed away Rocky Mountain
3: High something with that <laughs> no Russell's too he's too clean for that <laughs> can't talk about being high um, I bet Russell Wilson's never done a drug other than
4: the painkillers
0: necessary to play in the NFL
4: life is a drug every day for him um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's life it's is fo- football is his drug I like Mount Up um, I think Mount Up is better is, it, is that probably already taken, though? Maybe they're, maybe that's... But like, Broncos, if you put a saddle on a Bronco, is it, like, not a
0: Bronco anymore? Like, Broncos are mm, supposed to, be like, free. Mm.
4: What about buck up?
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, telling the fans to, like... <laughs> grab the get, reins. Yeah. Buck up.
4: <laughs> yeah. That's mine. Let's ride. Anyways. If you
3: have
0: a better catchphrase for what Russell Wilson should do, please email ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. And please tell us what Russell Wilson's new catchphrase should be. Or other quarterbacks.
4: I hope Russ thought of it. I, I hope that he was in the Zoom call with Wyden and Kennedy or whatever ad firm he has he has working for them, and they gave him a hundred options that are all really clever. And he goes, <laughs> "What about Let's Ride?" And they go, "I guess." They all look at each other.
3: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of Russell Wilson, I don't want to just spend this entire time just making fun of him. What do you guys are you guys buying or selling the whole Russell Wilson and Denver thing? Do you think this is huge for all the Denver? Skill players? Do you think Russell Wilson's going to cook? Do you think he's going to get to throw a lot more, or do you think it's kind of just somewhat similar to what we saw in Seattle in terms of what he's able to do offensively, pretty like production numbers, all that stuff?
0: Well, I want to know what you think. You watched Russell Wilsons closer than we did for the last twelve years. I want to know. Obviously, he's going to throw more. Like the Seahawks literally passed less yeah. than any team in the NFL except for the Ravens since Russell Wilson came in the league. So, like, they're going to throw more. I feel like they're going to throw a lot. My question to you is, is Russell Wilson able to like run? I don't know how else to say like a legit offense. That sounds terrible, but he's not been good at throwing the middle of the field because he's kind of short. And so I'm asking you, do you think Russell Wilson can like run one of these like elite high octane offenses that keep up with Mahomes and the chiefs and like Herbert and the chargers and we'll see about the Raiders, but like, is he that good when he's been, like, the worst at hitting the middle of the field for, like, five years? I
3: don't—that is that is the question, because I think you eliminate a lot of the playbook and, you know, a lot of, like, what you're able to do early downs in the dink and dunk area. Like, obviously, he's one of the greatest, like, deep passers in the NFL, Um, and that all ties together with, like, the play action, throwing deep, throwing down the sideline. All that stuff works great, Um but in the times with the Seahawks that they've asked him to try and like be really like a quick hitting, like hit your back foot, get the ball out, get it over the middle of the field, all that stuff, distribute the football, uh, it's been a pretty hit or miss. And so I think that is the question. This is going to be a major storyline this year, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I do think, I agree with you, though, I think stylistically he's going to be similar, and but I think the volume is going to be better for him in Denver. But this is what I don't understand, is the Jerry Judy love.
0: Now, as a player, I love Jerry Judy. I love Jerry Judy so much, probably more so than other people, even though he's mm-hmm. relatively disappointed in his first two seasons. But I kind of look and everyone's kind of assuming Jerry Judy's going to explode. And I just feel like, cause Jerry Judy, obviously he does all the, the steps. He probably has four times more steps than he should going in a route, but he's, a, I think he's an excellent route runner and he's just good at getting up. But it seems like Jerry Judy is like a, a technical route runner kind of guy who's going to beat you with footwork, but that's like a timing based offense Mm. And it seems like Russell Wilson's always been like backyard recess. And that just seems more suited to Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And yet people aren't in on Cortland Sutton this year. It seems people, I, I don't know. What do you think you watched Russell Wilson for 12 years? Like why would Jerry Judy be better suited? To Russell Wilson than Cortland Sutton would
3: be. So I think you're asking the wrong question. I, well, I, I think the question is and the riddle that we have to find out as fantasy analysts is like, who's going to be the number one, who's going to be the top guy in this in this uh, rotation, in this receiving group, I do think there, uh, there's a strong chance Cortland Sutton is, like, the number one guy, and he's the most underrated right now. However, when you're going from Drew Locke or, who, you know, whatever they've had, Bridgewater over the years, to a guy like Wilson, the accuracy is, like, way better. Um, I think Russell... Like, Judy's floor is going to be so much higher. The quarterback, the whole offense is going to be, like, such a higher floor with Russell Wilson yeah. than with any of the quarterbacks they've had over the last few years. So I think that's kind of, like... That's the nuance you have to talk about. I do think it's going to be very difficult to figure out like who, quote unquote, like fits best with Russell Wilson. Like you could make the argument KJ Hamler is like the best fit for Russell Wilson because he's like he's like Tyler Lockett, yeah, Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, it sounds like based on all the reports and if we're bringing show and tell, like everything I've seen over the last month, month and a half is that Corton Sutton's just lighting it up and he's going to be like Russell Wilson's favorite target. Tim Patrick is still in there getting involved. Um, you've got Albert. O. Oh, you've got Greg Dulcich. There's just a lot of guys in this offense, not to mention Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So, um, you know, from the fantasy point of view, I think the floor of this offense is just like way higher, but it's going to be tough, like week in and week out. I, I could see this being sort of like a Seahawks situation where you have like Lockett go off one game, DK go off the next game, Lockett go off. And then you could have in this scenario, it's like Judy Sutton, Judy, Maybe Tim Patrick has a big game. Maybe KJ Hamler catches two touchdowns, whatever. So um, it it could be frustrating.
4: If anything, it feels like the person to draft out of this offense, other than the running backs, I guess, is probably just Russ. I mean, we've talked about it in the past few years with this show. Russ is extremely consistent. There's been like one season where he hasn't finished as like a top 11 quarterback or something. And this is maybe the best, you know, well-rounded supporting cast he's ever had just in terms of like the amount of quality players around him. So, I think I'm kind of, I've been off of Russ recently and I think there's like the Russ fatigue in fantasy football, Mm -hmm. but I might have to kind of trick myself to get over that hurdle because this actually might be the best Russ we've
0: seen in like the past two, three, four years. I agree. I think Russ is, if you're not going to draft a quarterback early, like there's the Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler, like there's You suddenly, it's interesting to pay a premium price for quarterback, but you're not going to do it. Russ is the guy that stands out head and shoulders above everyone in terms of upside. I mean, it's it's quarterback so deep this year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the back-to-back MVP and like we have him like 11th among quarterbacks, I think. he lost Devonta Adams, but like the back-to-back reigning MVP is not in the top. He's not a starting quarterback, according to us and most places, if you're in a 10-team league. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. So you're going to wait on someone that's Russ.
3: There's a clear tier break between like the quote-unquote running quarterbacks and the rest of the quarterbacks. And Russell Wilson could end up being sort of the high end of the the rest the rest of that group because he's not really a runner anymore. You know, he's not going to run much. Um, and I think Dak Prescott is on that borderline too. Like, is he going to run more? Is he going to get 30, 40 yards rushing a game? Probably not. Maybe, who knows? Like, maybe he'll just get a bunch of rushing touchdowns um, to like kind of buoy himself there. But uh, yeah, I think Wilson has a chance to kind of get back to what, like the classic vintage Wilson where he's like, throwing three touchdowns a game, you know, and maybe it's not the volume um, that you want, but he's going to have more volume with, than I think he has with the Seahawks or has had, has had with the Seahawks. All right. Well, let's ride on Russ.
0: <laughs> I have another Broncos-related <laughs> thing you, I Don to for show and tell. Yeah. I have a genuine discovery. This has not been discussed. I don't think okay. anywhere. No yeah, one's picked you, this well, up. I don't know what's coming here. So, as you know, the Broncos team was purchased – over the summer for four and a half billion dollars or so Mm. and you everyone heard probably that they were bought by the walmart family which is the walton family but if you saw the headlines you read the stories you know it wasn't the walton family that bought the broncos it was the walton penner group and so i was looking at the story i was like who is penner who is the penner family Mm-hmm. And so I looked into it. I got curious. And so here's the deal. So Rob Walton is the Walmart heir. He's 77 years old. He's worth like $70 billion, which is nice work if you can get. <laughs> he bought the Broncos with his daughter and his daughter's husband. Daughter's husband is Greg Penner. Mm-hmm. He's the chairman of Walmart now, the son-in-law. So hence the Walton Penner group. So okay. it seems like it's possible that of you know, not so long in the future, Rob Walton – hands the team over to his daughter and her son and her husband. And so Penner, Greg Penner is the owner of the Broncos. So I'm on Greg Penner's Wikipedia page. And the last <laughs> sentence of Greg Penner's, who again, might be the controlling owner of the Broncos within 10 years. And the last line of his Wikipedia page is, and I quote, Penner is the son of two sex therapists. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, I said terrorists? the same thing. They've also written many books, including The Gift of Sex, A Guide to Sexual Fulfillment, uh, the Gift of Sexual Pleasure for Women. And I say none of this to judge. They clearly know a lot about family. They look very happy in their photo. And their son is the chairman of Walmart. So he's doing okay. They clearly know things. What I'm interested in is the real life Meet the Fockers, which is, can <laughs> you imagine Rob Walton, $70 billion man meeting the parents of his daughter, like his daughter is gonna marry this guy and he's meeting his in laws. $70 billion guy, Walmart air, and he meets them and they're two sex therapists. Okay, what are they talking about at dinner?
3: I thought that when you first said this, I thought you said sex terrorists. So th- the story <laughs> took a turn for me. <laughs> I did like look it up and I was like, oh, therapists. Okay. Did you Google sex terrorists? Just now? <laughs> I was like, what's a sex terrorist? I don't know if that's ever been said before. Wow. That's an interesting <laughs> to term. First people to I literally. It. That's why I reacted like that. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't even know what that I, is. I'm
0: not Googling that. I made the mistake. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not Googling that. I don't want to know what comes up.
3: I like, the, I like the idea of those family dynamics, though. That sounds fun. I've done the impossible and rendered Craig speechless. Yeah.
0: I
4: don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of what that dinner is like. Are they talking about... Uh,
0: so what do you do? The sex life of their children? Like, how does that work? Well, that's what's funny, is if you kind of try to line up the timing of when they got married, they wrote a book that's like the guide for sexual fulfillment for newlyweds in 1994, which kind of could be like right when they got married. And I'm like, did they write that
3: book for their son?
0: Oh boy, it's like that show, Sex Ed. Sex Education. Has he read the book?
3: Oh yeah, I watched that yeah. too. That was pretty funny. Anyway,
0: okay, you guys want to do some emails? Sure, let's do it. Okay,
3: it's
0: from John. 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 J O N, not J O H N. Mm. Important. I'm part of a fantasy league with an old coworker, his brother in law, and their friends. I'm clearly the odd man out of this league. I only know one person. The brother in law asked me if I could be the treasurer for this year, oh boy. and I said sure. <laughs> Here's where it gets tricky. I assumed that we would pay before you draft, but I was wrong. I proposed this last in the group text and was met with deafening silence. So I texted my buddy who responded that quote, pay before you draft, wasn't popular in this group, quote everyone's friends and quote he said and it would quote would screw people over if they don't pay and therefore can't draft end quote moreover we're switching to a dynasty format this year so the consequences of having someone miss the draft is long-term implications do you have any advice on how to manage fantasy payments does the calculus change when we're talking about context everyone in the league is 30 years older or older the payment is less than fifty dollars oh my, my two cents <laughs> my two cents is in the age of the money or not pay uh. <laughs>
3: I mean, look, I actually... So, I can kind of understand, like, if you're lax about the whole draft rule. Generally speaking, though, you need to pay before the season starts. Like, right? I don't really care so much about getting all the payments in before the draft. I I don't... Especially if it's a group of friends and people generally trust each other and know each other. The draft rule is, is... In a lot of my leagues, it's not, like, necessary. You know, we'll pay before the season starts 100%. But... um. Where you start really getting into trouble, in my opinion, is once the games start, once like the records start happening, like you're in last place, and then you can't get that guy to pay. Like that's where you start getting into trouble, right? Imagine explaining
0: this to Tommy Pham that people didn't pay up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be at your door. Uh,
4: I I actually think. It gets weird because he doesn't know these people. So I think like trying mm-hmm. to set up a punishment system of like, well, you're going to lose your first round pick if you didn't pay me the $40 or whatever it is. I actually think that's kind of weird. So I kind of think you just live with it. If it's less than 50 bucks, just it'll be fine. If these guys are all in their thirties and have jobs, like I, I'm assuming it shouldn't be an issue to charge them $40 at the end of the season. So I think
0: you just kind of have to deal with it. I well, completely agree. I that, think they that made not knowing people's big. Yeah, have a league of treasurer, but they're not collecting earliest. They're
3: basically making this guy the repo man. Like if they if they don't pay, you have to go like steal something worth forty dollars from. When I heard treasurer, I
4: was like, oh, this is big money league. Like you don't need a treasurer if it's like thirty five dollars. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Just then, people.
0: I, I, I think that he personally, John can't. I don't think John should do anything because he doesn't know these people, and it being not that much money actually makes it, I think, l- less important to collect. Yes, yeah, totally. and if they have all been in the league. And they've been doing it. Like, clearly it's going fine.
4: Yeah. If there's been so no issues with it. Past- And if there's
0: a problem, yeah, it's not your problem, honestly. It made you treasure, but you don't know these people. And you're like, I wanted to collect. No one wanted to. Like, I think you're kind of blameless. But if you know your friends, then you harass them and make fun of them for not paying you $40 or whatever.
3: I would say, if you're in a league that you don't know a lot of people, though, like, you should be pretty strict about payment before the season starts, right? If you're coming into an established league that's different than,
0: like, if you're in a league and other people have brought people into your league and you don't know them. That's different, yeah. It just seems
3: it seems rife with problems, but uh, yeah.
4: Well, there you have it, John.
3: Pay money up front.
4: If these guys don't pay thirty five dollars at the end of the season, then you don't want to be in that league. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> that's a good. Think of it as you can. Get, from first, this thing. it was
3: forty. Now it's thirty five.
0: These guys don't want <laughs> to pay ten dollars It's ten dollars. <laughs> it's a sandwich. <laughs> Chipotle bowl. Okay. All right. That's all we got. We're coming to you every Tuesday and Thursday. Check out com. I'm also doing the Westworld podcast again. If you the people out here remember from the Westworld podcast, it's on the Prestige TV feed. So go check that out. When does that uh, show air? Sunday. Sunday, June 26th.
3: What season are we in here? Three.
0: Four. Four? Ooh. I know. Isn't that crazy?
4: Oh my God. I forgot there was I a know. third. Did
0: I watch yeah, that? Yeah, me too. Well, it launched March 15th of 2020. So, like, you know, I think I've just iced it for
3: my brain. Oh my God. My I brain actually just, didn't like, watch shut it. that. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, there was a lot going on. <laughs>
3: Hi who is the main actor in the show? Evan Rachel Wood, right?
0: Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who is, I, I mean, if you, we could go for three more hours, if you wanted me to explain the show. Tandy Huber Harris Huber's still in it? Yes, Tandy. Okay. Yeah, she updated her name. Actually, is Tana Anthony Huber, Hopkins? No, Harris. he died. Right? Oh, I'm Hopkins sorry. died, and then he was, came back as a spoiler computerized version, and then um, is. Westworld sucks, now. dude. Westworld. I sucks. know, I know, I know, I know, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. I know, I know. It's just fucking annoying. And yet
3: I want to watch.
0: I, it's like the, it's like the Sammy Watkins of TV shows. It's like, I should quit, but here I am. I'm like, oh, he's on the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, It's oh my like God. when
4: like a, a piece of new technology came out, but it's like the first generation of it. It's, it, it seemed cool. And then you're like, grandpa, look, an Apple watch. And then he like puts it on and he's like, I don't know how any of this works. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what Westworld was. Like, I respect it. They try, but
3: it's just way too much going on. I'm intrigued. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to watch the show just so I can listen to Heifetz's. Uh, Aren't they like out in the world now? Isn't like Evan
4: Rachel Wood like running around like the city, like trying to get a job, set up a four hundred one k. Like, what's going on nowadays the uh, Dude, the, the trailer.
0: I have to say, the trailer is ludicrous. <laughs> what's the going trailer on was nowadays? like, she's been playing a character named Dolores for three seasons, and
2: two hours later, I
0: thought you had screeners. Mm. I do, but I haven't watched them yet. Mm. Flex. <laughs> Okay. um anyway if you have any thoughts did i thank people yet no no i plug i did the shameless plugs all right thank you dk thank you craig thank you to west i think mm. yeah um thank you zach wilson for the showers thank you to mac jones
3: russ thank you russ yeah thank you no. russ yeah. um yeah thank you lorne lorne thank you the weekend Ooh, let's ride right. dk's <laughs> is that a weekend song <laughs> Uh it, sounds like one.
0: Yeah. I can tell Dick is rusty because he just said the weekend instead of like an actual bandy
3: list. And I'm to. pretty sure I've probably already used that one before. Twice actually. Have. That one guy, Tyson, I think, sent us that list of all the names. He's gonna be mad. I just don't know what to do with you guys. It can't fucking please you. I say something you've never heard of no, and then you stare bullshit. at me bullshit. blankly. Bullshit. We
0: love when you stump us with the band. <laughs> I, it's it's a joy. Absolute joy when you stump us. Don't like
3: seeing the look of confusion on Craig's face. Are we going to keep the Westworld stuff? That was a while. I don't know. We'll see.
0: (laughs) We end the pod that way. (laughs) You should cut it and you should insert the SpongeBob like four hours later. And then you just (laughs) cut all the conversations, go back to back.
4: (laughs) You know what? I'm actually going to do that. So that's in there now. All right. Goodbye, everybody.